everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. I quit. I'm done. I've had enough. I'm sick and tired of what's going on. I'm going to go somewhere else. Those phrases sound pretty familiar to us all, do they not? We live in a culture of the quit. It's like we, we love quitting things. On top of that, we applaud the quit. From month-to-month department leases to free agency in athletics to prenuptial agreements to that fine print, Scores and scores of people change jobs and change cities and change spouses and friends. We love just to mail it in. We love to to quit. God, though, that's right, wants to kill the quit in our lives. Think about that for a second. God wants to kill the quit. He wants you and me to be people of, here's the the key word, endurance. Endurance. What does it mean to have endurance? Endurance is literally crashing through quitting points. It's breaking down barriers. It's the God-given ability to just Hang in there, endurance. Endurance is who God is. Have you ever thought about, just for a second, the endurance of God, the patience of God, the perseverance of of God, the commitment of God? God has gone on record. He's played his hand, and he's told us that he wants us to be people of endurance, so he couldn't stand the thought of men and women who matter to him, not living in endurance. So God works and moves covertly and overtly to to do an inside job to turn you and me into people of endurance, to, to work from the inside out. Endurance. When I think about endurance, I'm not talking about just the kind of endurance that we can muster up to run a marathon or a triathlon, the CrossFit games, or, you know, the the popular phrase is, I'm just going to grind it out. I'm not talking about that. And that's good. That's a part of endurance to learn how to improve your endurance quotient. In that manner, you can go to an Anthony Robbins seminar or listen to Oprah or, or read some works from some glassy-eyed guru. I mean, in essence, that's just kind of pablum. What I'm talking about is the power of God. I'm talking about true biblical endurance because that's truly endurance on a whole nother level. That's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to present to you a character in the Bible. You've read about him already. And he's like the poster child of endurance. In fact, if you Google endurance, his picture will probably come up. I'm talking about Noah. 
I bet everybody's heard about Noah. We have people right now online in the United Arab Emirates. We have people from South Africa, people in the Bahamas, people in California, Arizona, Arkansas, <laughs> Illinois. Everywhere, Mississippi, Ohio, Indiana, Virginia, Washington, everybody who's checking us out right now in this room, our different locations, on television, whatever, you've heard about Noah. Yeah, I think I've read a children's book about that. I think my three-year-old has a blanket with Noah and the ark and all the animals. Yeah, that's right. Noah and the ark. Most people, when they think about Noah, you say, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, Noah. Noah and the flood. Well, it's not just a flood. There are two floods. The first flood is the context that Noah dealt with, the flood of evil. The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, and we've been reading the chronological Bible. Are you, are you doing that? Just clap if you're doing that. It's sort of like reading the Bible in real historical time. So I'm gonna be highlighting some of the major stories, texts that, that, that we're gonna read for the next year. You might be going, oh man, I missed it. This is my first time checking Fellowship Church out, my first time here, and, and, and can I join the journey? Yes, you can join the journey. Start with where we are. Don't worry about trying to make up, okay? Just, just leap on in. You can use our app to pick up a chronological Bible. We have them available at all of our, of our bookstores and also too online. We give you the information on how to do that. Yet, we're discovering that, that truly God's word is the open door to life. It's the open door that shows us how to act. It shows us how to, how to treat our spouse. It shows us parenting principles. It shows us how to deal with our emotions. It talks about not only this life, but the forever that all of us are facing. Make sure to do that. Noah was a guy who really exemplified endurance. Noah <laughs> was 500 years old. Drop the mic. He didn't go through a mid-millennium crisis, buy a Ferrari or get a facelift or pick up some trophy wife. No, no, he, he lived the life. He, he did something unique. Now, now, Ed, wait a minute. Are you, are you saying 500 years? The dude was 500 years old? Yes. And you believe that? Yes. He's only 10 generations away from Adam, the first man. Adam was made to live forever. Yet because of sin, and we're gonna talk about that in a second, man began to deteriorate. Yet in the time of Noah, he hadn't deteriorated as much as we deteriorate. And biologists will tell us we're made to live a lot longer. So yeah, he was 500 years old. Can you imagine the spectacular sinning going on when people lived hundreds and hundreds of years? You think we're wheels off now. Put three or 400 years on us. Whoa. And Noah was not a perfect guy. He was the first guy to get blackout drunk. Did you know that? Yeah, he was. He wasn't perfect. That's what I love about scripture. The fact that it shows the good, the bad, 
and the, and the struggles, the, the ugly that we all have. There was some spectacular sinning going on. The culture was crazy. It was so bad, God wanted to wipe out the culture. That's how bad it was during, during Noah's time. And that's pretty bad. The Bible says that God was sorry he made man. And this word means that it broke his heart that men had not walked through the door and were following him. That's the tenor and tone. And it also says that men were so perverted, they were thinking up ways to sin. We, we see this grid in scripture and we'll see it throughout the Old and New Testament. You got sin, what is sin? The word is hamartia in the original language. It means missing the mark. Then you have sorrow, sin, sorrow, suffering. So I have my choices, I can choose my choices, but I don't choose the consequences. For example, you sleep in the wrong bed, you're gonna feel sorrow, and then you're going to suffer. You lie in the business world, and your, 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 your lies you know, finally come to the light, sin, sorrow, suffering. You have those outbursts of anger, you name call, sin, sorrow, and suffering. You're online and you visit those uh, porn websites or porn apps, sin, sorrow, and suffering. It happens every single time. Sin, sorrow, suffering. And we can all go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've uh, been there. So God wants to play wipeout because everything was so bad. Kind of reminds me of our culture, doesn't it? But, but here comes Noah, 500 years old, and God, although he wants to wipe everybody out, sees Noah and his family. So let's just take our, our Bibles and, and turn to Genesis chapter six, verses seven through verse eight. And I wanna give you just some qualities, some godly qualities of endurance. I want to teach you from the life of Noah how to kill the quit. The first thing I want you to notice, and you'll see it in this text, is the soul, the soul of Noah. Noah made a soulish decision. There was a hole in his soul, and his soul became whole as he got to know the Lord. The Bible says this, the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I've created from the face of the land. From man to animals, to creeping things, and to birds of the sky. For I'm sorry that I've made them. At this point, highlight your Bible. The Bible could have easily ended. God could have said, I quit. I'm done. I'm tired of it. Game's over. I'm out. But that's not God. I said, God is a God of endurance and a God of patience. If you have your car keys, take your car keys out right now. And I want you to jingle the car keys because this is gonna be a key verse that I'm gonna read to you. Just jingle, I wanna hear the jingling, the jingling, yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds so good. Now, now, remember, God said, I'm sorry I made mankind. And you feel God getting ready to play wipeout on planet Earth. The earth had been flooded with evil, but look at verse eight. But 
Noah, keys again, found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Two words, found favor. You can stop now. That's the first mention of grace in the Bible. First time. What is grace? Unmerited favor. What is grace? God's riches at Christ's expense. What is grace? Something we don't deserve. Don't think that we're saved or they were saved one way in the Old Testament and another way in the New Testament. To understand the doctrine of salvation, you have to understand three prepositions. By, through, and for. Let me direct your attention to Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace, by grace, by grace, you've been saved through faith, through faith. It's a faith thing, through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for, there's the third preposition, good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Noah was saved by grace. He was saved by grace through faith. Read the book of Hebrews, specifically Hebrews chapter 11. It'll tell you that. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. So the first thing to really ramp up your endurance, and it's, it's, it's a God thing. It's a soulish decision. Have you made that grace reception? Jesus said, I am the door. Have you walked through the door? Your soul. It's so funny, people... Have, have, have told me so many things over the years about walking through the door, about salvation. Some are like, well, I prayed the prayer with you to commit my life to Christ and I don't feel any, any different after I prayed it. I mean, I didn't see a lightning bolt. I didn't hear angels. Okay, cool. That happens to many people. Others, it could be a very emotional thing, like, 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 like a moment Bam! Wow! When we accept Jesus into our lives, we accept him as our Savior and Lord. We're saved. And that really plays out when we clock out of here, when our ticket is punched, we're saved. We go to heaven. We, though, if we're truly saved, we, though, Make Jesus Lord of our lives. Did you hear me? Lord of our lives. In other words, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. That's why most people who think they're Christians, quite frankly, aren't. So if you're going, well, man, I'm just, you know, Jesus is my Savior, but I'm going to live like hell, you will bust hell wide open. Savior and Lord. We're not saved by works. We're saved, remember, for good works. So God simply works out what he has worked in. We're saved by grace through faith. It's a soulish decision. 
Sometimes it'll be like a major sea change. Other times it's like, wow, I prayed that prayer. Remember though, it's a decision followed by a process. Notice the second thing, his status, Noah's status. The Bible calls him a righteous man. You know, when we become followers of Christ, the righteousness of Jesus is imputed into our lives. So when God looks at us, he sees Jesus. Noah lived a blameless life, and I love this, in his time. This guy did the stuff for 500 years, man. In his time. You wanna talk about grinding it out? You wanna talk about killing the quit? You wanna talk about commitment? He had it going on. And notice too, not only the status, but also look at the steps he was taking. He was walking in sync with the Savior. The Bible says in Genesis chapter six, verse nine, he walked with God faithfully. Over Thanksgiving, Lisa and I went down to see my 84-year-old father in Houston. And as dad routinely does, he's 84, he thinks he's 44. He says retirement is, is the worst cuss word that you can say. He said, we will not say that word around here. He told me that. So he knocks on our door, which dad, again, is notorious for. Ed, Ed, let's go walking. And I look out and he's decked out in Lululemon. <laughs> Daddy even looks good in it. That's how good he looks, which is scary. He looks better than I do in it. So Lisa and I and dad walked for one hour around Memorial Park in Houston. That's a beautiful park, Memorial Park. Man, I wish we had a park like that in Dallas. Lack of leadership. Anyway, it is, it is. Dallas let the Cowboys go too, lack of leadership. Don't, 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 don't get me going now, okay? So we're walking with dad and dad can still walk fast. Not as fast as he used to. I mean, I didn't tell him that, but he can still walk. I mean, you know, we're sweating and everything. When you walk with someone, what do you do? You walk at their pace, right? He would slow down, I would kind of slow down. He would speed up, I speed up. And we talked about a lot of intimate things, went through the past and we talked about you know, our lives now and talked about my mother when she passed away and now dad is remarried and his, his new wife was there, which is interesting. She's 20 something year old, 20, 20 years younger. He thinks she's 44. Anyway, none of the women laugh. Whenever you say that, guys, have you noticed that? She's 20 years younger. The guys are like, yeah, yeah, way to go. The women are like. So we're walking with them. I don't know why I said that, but I did. So, so I'm walking with my father. That, that's what Noah did with his heavenly father. He walked. When his father would walk faster, he would, he would speed up when he would walk slow and maybe stop, he stopped. What a great, what a great word about Noah's life. He walked with God. See, that's what we're doing through this chronological opportunity. We are learning, aren't we, 
how to walk with God, how to talk with God, how to listen to God. It needs to be said because we live in the land of churches here in Dallas-Fort Worth. There is the rationalist, the person who says, God can only speak through Scripture. Now, obviously, Scripture is the main way that God speaks to us. I mean, guys, I wish God would speak to me. Read the Bible. All right. So the rationalist says, God only speaks through the Bible. The mystic says, way over here, and we have some mystic people, mystic pastors here. You'll see them online. They just have these running conversations with God like you know, you're talking to your golfing buddy. Really? God told you that? Yeah, I was shaving and I was talking to God. Whenever I hear that, whenever someone comes up to me, I've been doing this now for a long, long time, and, and they say, God told me, I think I'm talking to someone who is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Normally I see the whites of their eyes and they want to talk about prophecy. I've never heard the audible voice of God. I've asked some of the most brilliant theologians and pastors, hey, have you ever heard the audible voice of God? No. Yet, we have some leaders here. Oh, God spoke to me. I mean, how do you argue with that? Yeah, God told me. Really? Huh, that's interesting. That can excuse a lot of wacky behavior, can it? Playing that God card, it happens all the time. It happens even in the ministry. I, I've talked to so many people over the years here and some of the coaching I've done with other, with other uh, churches and people will go, you know, God is just leading me to do blank. Okay, awesome. Is that in scripture? Good question. How about your personal board of directors? Who have you talked to about the decision? Oh, well, I talked to my wife. That's it? And also, does it line up with your aptitudes and abilities? So there's a, there's a happy medium between here. Has God ever spoken to me audibly? Let me say it again. No. Have I, have I felt God impressing upon me things? Yes. When we started Fellowship Church about 30 years ago, God impressed upon me during the time of prayer, even though I did not want to come to Dallas. I love Dallas, but I said, there are too many churches here, too many televangelists here, too many faux Christians here. I don't want to go to Dallas. I wanted to go somewhere else. But God impressed upon me, Ed, I want you here. And here's what I, I felt and believe God communicated to me, stay with me. I'm gonna do great things through Fellowship Church. So yes, God impressed upon me that, that whole scenario. Years later, I hate to tell you this, but I had quit praying for someone in my life who was not a believer. I'm like, this guy's not gonna make the decision. I'm done, I quit. 
I'm not going to pray for him anymore. I, mean, I, I said that to myself. I'm just like, you know, no, no, it's just impossible. I haven't seen him now. He, he hadn't even been back to church in, I don't know, since Vietnam, you know. <laughs> One day in a time of prayer, God impressed upon my life to say, Ed, start praying for him again. God killed the quit in my life to pray for him. And what happened over the ensuing years, I watched this person, I had a courtside seat of this guy walking through the door and receiving Christ into his life. We gotta walk in step with God. I felt impressions from God when people have talked to me during situations, some significant, some insignificant, yet it always lines up with scripture it always lines up with your personal board of directors. It always lines up in prayer. But to sit there and say, God told me, well, I talked to God this morning. He didn't tell me that. That's what I sometimes say to these crazy people who say that. So are you in step with God? Also too, so we see the soul, the status, the step, and then notice also, too, to ramp up this endurance quotient from the life of Noah. Look at the statement he made in his life. His statement was a statement of obedience. Genesis chapter 6, verse 12. Now, now this is crazy. God said to Noah, and again, he didn't have scripture. Okay, so the boy did not have anywhere near the stuff we have to go on. Make for yourself an ark. He'd never seen a boat before. I mean, you couldn't YouTube this. I'll just DIY it. You know, I can YouTube how to build an ark. Build, build it, God said. And I love this in Genesis chapter 6, verse 22. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. The guy was 500 years old. And he started building this boat about the length of a couple of football fields. What a visual God had put in the midst of a perverted generation. Noah and his family were the only righteous ones and God showing his endurance. But one day see his endurance runs out. He built this boat. Whoa. I mean, he was like, what? Noah was like 500 clicks military term, away from the ocean. He'd never seen rain before. I mean, there was a mist that sort of enveloped the earth. It kept a lot of the harmful stuff that we have today from people. That's another reason why they live to be so long. And, and again, some more scientific data and archaeological data and historical data, about 80% of all ancient Civilizations tell of a flood story, a boat, and a family being rescued. So do I believe this? Yes. So the first flood, the flood of evil. The second flood is the flood that God is going to send. Exhibit A, God saying, here is the symbol. My man Noah is building a boat, giving people opportunity to get right, giving people opportunity 
to repent, giving people opportunity to make that soulish decision. So we see his endurance. You know one of the things about endurance that I love? Endurance gives you great, here's the word, Godfidence. You stay with God's program. You, you do what he wants you to do. You obey him, which is the key. Then, then you're going to have Godfidence and you can have great maturity. I feel as a Christian, stronger today than ever before. I do. You know, when I talk to you, for example, about parenting, I've been there. I'm not some 35-year-old guy with a you know, scoop neck and skinny jeans. Well, I do have skinny jeans on. He was telling you about parenting. In fact, I don't really, I don't really like to read any books about the Christian life authored by anyone under 50 years old. They've not had enough water under the ark. They're just simply repeating what they've ripped off from older people like myself. But see, when I talk about parenting, I've been there, we've got four kids. When I talk about the terrible twos, oh no, I've been with the terrible twos. When I talk about date night and trying to negotiate that with all the kids and crying and screaming, oh yeah, I've been there. When I talk about marriage, I've been there. What, about 40 years? Lisa's the only woman I've ever had sex with? Only one. And, oh yeah, I've been tempted. We've all been tempted. But she's the one. I have been kissed, though, by another woman, and I'll tell you that later. <laughs> See, you think I'm joking. You're like, oh my gosh. It's going to be funny, okay? Just wait. Finances, I, I can talk to you about finances and tithing. When I came up here, the church paid me $21,000 a year. Now, how I lived on that, who knows, but I did. God is good. One kid, one car, a rented house that was falling apart. That's where we lived. My father has one of the largest churches in America, definitely the wealthiest church in America. He's not giving us one penny, ever. Never. So I know what it's like not to have that much. I remember just freaking out when our offerings, the total offerings would be $750. I remember that. I also know what it's like to have one of the largest churches in America, which we do. I know what it's like to be on certain shows, to have a lot of followers. I know what it's like to make a lot of money. I've made, I've made really good money. I've written books, made investments. In fact, I just, I'm in the process now of an investment that's gonna be huge for me. And when I just looked at the numbers, I was like, hmm, I'm gonna tithe, woohoo. It was easy to write that tithe check when I was making 21 grand, God, but now this deal I'm doing, woo! So I can tell you what it's like. I can tell you what it's like to be popular. I can tell you what it's like for people to betray you. There's no betrayal. There's no betrayal. 
like the betrayal that pastors have on their lives. None. That's a new book I'm writing. You talk to pastors, they've been betrayed on a deeper level more than any other occupation. Why? It's multifaceted. It's spiritual, it's relational, it's psychological, all sorts of things. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I've been there. So I've been at the top, I've been an object of hate. Most of it is good, but I feel really great now. I'm not bragging, it's God. But there's no, no bragging here, I'm just telling you my life. So when I talk, I mean, I've only walked with God for what? Hmm, 50 years? Noah 500, my man. So who am I? I'm just saying the consistency, the maturity, the confidence, benefits. Are you feeling me now? Of endurance. Okay, let's end this thing. I'm about ready to end. I'm already over time. Are you ready to end it? Well, Noah's endurance. We've talked about that. Now, let's segue into some practical stuff. I mean, this has been practical, but how right now, Ed? I mean, great, great. I understand some of the, the assets and some of the, some of the payoffs of, of endurance, but, but, but what can I do now? We'll take your Bibles and turn to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12. The first thing I would tell you to do from Hebrews chapter 12, get your head in the clouds. The Bible says we have a great cloud of witnesses, you'll see it on Viewiverse, who were cheering us on, the matriarchs and patriarchs. Is that awesome? You have a standing ovation, so do I, that never sits down. Those days when I want to quit, and believe me, I've wanted to quit Fellowship Church about 30 times at least. No doubt about it. And it's okay to say you want to quit if you're not going to quit. It's all right. It's all right. It's all good, right? Man, that fires me up. Do you remember when the Cowboys used to be good? Like 26 years ago, you remember that? They used to win Super Bowls. Remember that? I went to Texas Stadium. And you know, they always played the proverbial heavy metal music, you know, all that. Welcome to the jungle. They play that, you know. <laughs> it's Axl Rose, that's pretty good. Welcome to the jungle. And, thanks for laughing. And also, they always play Queen. We will, we will rock you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I remember being at Texas Stadium and all those people drunk on adult beverages singing. They would never sing in church, but you give them some liquid encouragement. We will, we will rock you. I thought to myself, you can multiply that times 10. And that's what's going on right now in heaven for all of the brothers and sisters in Christ. Get your head in the crowds. Number two, join Nutrisystem. You know what Marie says, Marie Osmond, some of you are about my age. Bye-bye, stubborn belly fat. 
The only other person who's kissed me, other than Lisa, I promise you, Marie Osmond. Look at this. Okay, keep that photo up there. I took Lisa on one of our anniversaries to Las Vegas. And Lisa has always had this crush on Donnie Osmond. Again, okay, if you're young, just think about, okay, Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin, all right? Kind of like that. Oh, she loved Donnie Osmond. Oh, Donnie, I mean, anytime he's on, she's watching him. And she, oh, Ed, he's just, he's so funny. And he can sing and dance and he can act. And oh, yeah, okay. So I thought, what would be something special on this anniversary? So on the down low, I bought some tickets for Donnie and Marie. Paid a fortune to sit like front and center. So here I am with all these older people, mostly ladies in Las Vegas. And Lisa, Lisa's like, oh. and when Donnie walks out, here's what Lisa said. Oh my gosh. I go, Lisa. She's like, huh. I'm like, you know, so, so Donnie was going through the crowd and he was, you know, you know, shaking hands with the women. But then out walks Marie. Now Marie's beautiful, you know, she's pretty and all that. So I'm just sitting there going, man, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I love Lisa. And Marie's singing, I'm a little bit country, I'm a little bit rock and roll. And she sees me, and I'm thinking like, is she looking at me? Oh my God. And Lisa goes, what? And then afterwards, Marie starts following Lisa on social media. Isn't that funny? You got to get those followers and likes and clicks. Yeah, man. Got to be famous, popular. Yeah. Anyway. Where was I? Well, the book of Hebrews says, let us also lay aside every encumbrance. That's the sin and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with, up, oh, up, oh, there's the word, I can't believe this. What's that word? I can't hear you. Online, say it, endurance, the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Last thing, and then we're out of here. Step aboard the ark. Jesus said, John 10, nine, I am the door. Jesus said in John 14, six, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The ark. What's this message about? Endurance? Mm, yeah, sort of. It's about something else. Jesus. What? Yeah, Jesus. First flood, evil. Second flood, water. God gave him 120 years. No one repented. Only Noah and his family were spared in the ark. It's about Jesus. That's why I have produced these Jesus journals. The Bible's about Jesus. The ark was made of gopher wood or cypress, the way we would connect with it. Wood is a symbol of mankind. The wood was cut down. Noah cut it down to make the ark. A piece of wood was cut down 
and made into a cross, wasn't it? Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He is our flotation device. The ark was covered with pitch. The word pitch is used 70 times in the Old Testament. It's the word kathar. It means atonement. We're covered on the outside and inside by the blood of Jesus. The ark was not shaped like some cruise ship. It looked like a coffin. Jesus died on the cross for our sins and we have to die to self as we enter the ark. It only had one window in it and the window was way up high. You could only look up fixing our eyes on Jesus. One door in the ark. God controlled the door. Noah didn't worry about the animals. He went like, oh, how will I round up all the animals? I don't know about the animals. God said, you walk in, because he invited them in. I'll take care of the rest. God opened the door. Noah and his family walked in the ark. One door. Then the door was shut. Which side of the door are you on? Right now, the door is open. God's inviting you to have a soulish conversation with him. Now is your opportunity. But how long? I mean, how long are you going to test the patience and the endurance of God? It's up to you. Let's pray. Lord God, I want to pray a prayer, and this is not my prayer. This is a prayer that I believe many people need to pray. So many people are logged in online. So many people are watching this, engaging at our different locations. So many will watch this on television, online, YouTube. Right now, if you want to make this decision, this soulish decision that Noah made and that I made years ago, just say this prayer with me. It's a high octane, a major horsepower prayer. Just say, God, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I have experienced, Lord, on a first-hand basis, the, the sin and sorrow and suffering. I turn from my sin and I turn to you, Jesus. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my life. Because Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you open the door, he said, I'll come in. So say, Jesus, I open the door of my life to you. Forgive me cleanse me. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, a 
a sea change took place in your life. Your guilt for God's grace, your sin for the Savior and Lord Jesus. Lord, help me to discover your plan as you walk and as I walk with you and talk with you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.